This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me, Renette Marburg, on my program called Rise on 7 to 9 a.m. this afternoon. And yes, it's another week, and we are so privileged to be on this side of um, a new month. And we just want to thank the Lord for um, a new zest for life. Um, we've got a very interesting program today. We, um, As you know, this is a program where we give you hope, guidance, and wisdom, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. We often discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family in truth and in love. But God, with God, we can rise to restoration and rise above all and together as a family. And, you know, we often, we have been faced with um, very challenging times in this last year. It's the anniversary month of COVID and of lockdown. And, you know, we've been through many trials as a nation. So we've got a very special guest today, and her name is, she's a social psychologist, and she's all the way from uh, Plumstead, and her name is uh, Paula Tennyson Sayez, and, uh, yeah, she's Chilean. And you're going to hear the accent, but it's going to be such a privilege talking to her about survivor's guilt. Uh, Yes, we've been facing death, and we've been facing losses of jobs and all that, but at the end of the day, what is happening with those that are left behind and are in situations? So we're going to discuss that today. So, But first of all, we're going to listen to John Ellis, If God. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. That was John Ellis with um, If God. And we are having uh, Paula Tennyson. She's a social psychologist and she's the founder and director of Skillful Hands and they are situated in Plumstead. And uh, welcome, uh, Paula. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much, Rainette, for inviting me to your program. Always a privilege to be here. <laughs> yes, we always lo- love having you because you're so, um, you've got so much information that really uh, goes into situations where we often don't consider. And is, today's topic is a very much of that kind of uh, where we are finding that people are going through so much and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're facing death and, uh, you know, and, and losing jobs and, all kinds of things where we, uh, you know, not being able to visit our family, not visit, being able to visit the sick, not being able to visit our children, our grandchildren. So, um, yes, our topic today is about the survivor's guilt. Um, and Paula, you know, you have personally been through uh, a situation now recently with your family. So I would like you just to maybe share a little bit on, you know, your journey that you've had right from, you know, in, in this time as well. Oh, yes. Well, um, while we were in quarantine last year, as you know, I'm from Chile in South America, and I got that um, WhatsApp phone call saying that my parents, both my siblings and my nephew and niece had um, were suffering with COVID-19. And just horrible thought of what if they don't make it? Um, what if it you know, what if they get complicated? My sister was really, really sick. Um, she needed to be hospitalized, but there were no beds in any of the hospitals in Santiago, the capital where we stay. So 
uh, just the idea and the thought that she needed to be in hospital, she needed to have a breathing machine, and she wasn't being helped, and she was sent home. It's just so many emotions and thoughts go through your mind, you know. My dad eventually ended up in ICU, um, you know, and it was just a miracle. They all pulled through all of them, and they recovered. Um, my mom personally is struggling now because um, she had, after COVID, they found some white spot on her lung. Sure. So she's having to have treatment and, you know, still uh, suffering sort of uh, the secondary effects of the virus. So it was really, really tough to be so far away and so helpless of not being able to do anything. Even if I was there, I wasn't going to be able to go to visit them and help them because yes. we were in quarantine. country was in quarantine as well. So it was really a tough time. I just can thank God that he, he was there and he helped them, you know. Yes, yes. But this is not exactly what happens is that, you know, you you far away. Um, and, uh, you know, the fears are there and, uh, you know, you've been in South Africa for several years and you don't have the opportunities to visit and now a whole family is affected. Um, you mm-hmm. know, what, what was the, um, response, you know, how did you navigate, uh, you know, the, the way forward? I know that you eventually went to visit, but, uh, you know, what was you know, what was the driving force to have to take such drastic steps? Because that's what we need to do. You know, we have to do what we have to do in these times. Yeah. Well, as I said to you, after COVID, my mom um, developed secondary effects. And January this year, she was in ICU, admitted to ICU. The treatment they were giving her, and they're still giving her, it's very strong. It's almost like chemotherapy. And she's also diabetic. So um, it clashed. The treatment clashed with the diabetes. Wow. And she ended up in ICU. And the doctor said that if she had another episode like that, when she wasn't going to make it. So then again, I had that phone call, you know, um, of we need to release mom. She's suffering. She's really struggling. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm here. I haven't seen her for five years. Um, you know, you have her with you, so probably it's easier for you, and I need you to understand that yes. I'm paying the higher price, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, we released her through prayer, and we just handed it over to the Lord, whatever he was going to decide, it was going to be fine with us. I struggled, you know, when I reached a point, and I kept saying to the Lord, you're asking a lot, because I wish yes. I could see her one more time. And I guess the people that have that even they've been here with their patients, with their relatives in the hospital, they can't go into the hospital and visit them they to can't. say goodbye when they have COVID. So it's more or less the same situation that I was struggling with. And as a result, my sister said, out of the blue, she said, okay, you know what, I'll pay for your ticket. Come home and be with mom. If she makes it, at least you can see her alive. And if not, you can be here for the funeral. Sure. So that was like, wow. Wow. What you know, scale and within is that? a week, I was on the plane. It was a nightmare. I don't advise anybody <laughs> to go now with COVID. <laughs> yes, I know. The flight, <laughs> you know, uh, with all the demands of COVID, etc. Um, but my mom, and I was able to enjoy her for three weeks. And 
tell her everything I wanted to say. But I kept thinking um, how many people didn't have the chance, you know. Right. And I guess during the program we will talk about it. Yes. Uh, when you don't have the opportunity to say goodbye to your loved one and you have that phone call saying didn't make it, you know. How do you deal with those emotions? Yes. Yes. Uh, for me, I just knew uh, that I had been given a second chance, you know, to tell my mom everything I really wanted to say while she was still here. Yeah, that and must I took have been it. wonderful. That must have been absolutely wonderful. And obviously, as a family, you bonded extra because they'd also had it and, you know, you were privileged to have your brothers and sisters around. Exactly. And always in the back of your mind is the thing that they can get it again. That it's is not like they pull through it. and then, <laughs> you know. It's so what if they go out to the street and they get it again? Uh, will they recover this time? Yes, yes. You know, that's always in the back of your mind. And that's, um, I have to say, concern uh, yes. that it could happen. Yes. And, you know, uh, obviously with uh, the, you know, leaving your children behind uh, and and, you know, having to get them sorted out and, you know, they're sitting with their own heartache and their own regrets and, you know, also in the wings, waiting. Um, it's a lot of pressure on, on a family, the family unit, mm -hmm. to actually navigate themselves in this time. You know, okay, mom, you're going, yes, you must go, obviously, but, uh, you know, what about us? You know, it's also... We haven't seen her. We haven't been part of it. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we are finding uh, children are suffering from depression and, and anxiety and fears in this time. But we're going to cover all that in a, a little bit later because uh, this is very uh, prevalent to mm -hmm. um, all ages right now um, exactly. of what is actually happening, you know. And uh, so, Paolo, you know, uh, obviously with the counseling, what have, what have you picked up, you know, um, in this time uh, of people's, you know? Yeah, you, yes. You know, there is a lot of guilt. It, it's um, actually overwhelming to hear people say, um, you know, I didn't say goodbye, um, anger. There is a lot of anger and frustration um, that I saw my relative going in and I couldn't say goodbye, I couldn't be there, I couldn't visit. And then the phone call saying um, she's gone or she's gone. And then not to be able to give them the funeral you always dreamt of, for instance. Yes. So that produces a lot of anger. And the guilt, I've, I've heard people like, for instance, a couple, they both go uh, to ICU, one recovers, and the other one doesn't. doesn't. And the question is always there, why me? Exactly. exactly. Why not the other one? Um, you know, why couldn't we both go? Um, and there is really no comforting words when you are missing your loved one. Even for the grandchildren, like my kids were like, what if something happens to grandma, you know? Um, can't we go? Is there any way that we could go? Could God provide out for our tickets as well as He had? That so even spiritually, if they had those questions, in the end they made peace with it and they said, "Okay, Mom, yeah, it is important that you go, and we will remain here." 
there is a drawing that I saw on Facebook of somebody who drew all the grandparents going to heaven. Sure. And the grandchildren were looking at the parents going to, to heaven. And I thought, and the drawing is called a farewell grandparents, you know. And I thought, um, what an amazing way of expressing how the children have been feeling by losing their grandparents and not being able to go through the process of the loss. Yes. Um, you yes. know, the last image they have of them was the last visit they had before quarantine. Yes, yes. Then quarantine took place, and then when quarantine was lifted, and now people could start meeting, uh, you know, with precautions and all of that, but you could meet they, those children who lost their grandparents. Did they have closure? It's too late. Yeah. No, so it's too late. It just didn't. So all of that is produces a lot of one anger and two guilt. And the other guilt feeling that people have been feeling lately is like, for instance, the one that was retrenched. Yes. That yes. they had a friend retrenched, but he stayed in the company. Yes. Yes. That's the other guilt feeling. Not only on the loss of the life. But also on the um, on the fact that the one get to work and the other one lost it. So why didn't I lose it? Yes. Why couldn't we both keep it? So they feel guilty about working actually. Or there is another one that I heard instead. I'm actually feeling extremely guilty because during COVID I have made more money and I have earned more than before. So he benefited yes. from the agony of other people. And that he couldn't cope with it. He was in depression. I mean, he said that this is not fair. Yes. That makes so, total yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. You know, I've even got, uh, you know, uh, people that I've been speaking to about uh in this time is that they wish they had done things differently or they are, you know, how to cope with what's actually happening right now. But, uh, you know, um, at the end of the day, it is the, the atmosphere that has been created globally on, on the pandemic, you know, that has really um, added to, to these emotions and these feelings. So, um, you know, Paula, what, what is it, that um, is primarily, you know, you think, is it by the decisions that are made that people are frustrated or is it purely by uh, what is actually happening in their personal lives? You know, I mean, is it on the, you know, the fact that we have, we have authorities that are making these decisions? You know, I think that uh, primarily it's a loss of control. The virus has uh, not allowed us to make decisions. Uh, we've been at the mercy of the virus, in a sense, yes. you know. Yes. The way it has spread, we've been at the mercy of people keeping the regulations. We've been at the mercy of the government and trusting that they will make the right decisions, understanding that this is new to them as well. Uh, so that loss of control of your personal life or your family life that you can't make the decision for you creates frustration. Yes, yes. Um, you know, that you are forced to abide for something that you, you're not responsible for. Yes. Uh, you know, because when you make the wrong decision, at least you know you made the decision. 
And now, yeah, you're facing the consequences. But in the case of this pandemia, um, it just came to us. It it came with no warning. Exactly. We were not prepared mentally, emotionally for it. Yes. It happened. We just had to develop the tools as we went through. And we still are. We don't know how 2021 is going to look like. Yes. We have an idea, but we don't know exactly how it's going to develop. We're suffering the consequences of 2020. Yes. And all of that, you see, humans were not very used to change. Naturally, we struggle with change. We Now 2020 forced us to change. We had to do something. And I think that that's the main thing, besides all the loss, and, and whether physically, um, with um, freedom, the loss of freedom, financial loss, etc. We had, um, like for instance, um, domestic violence increasing during this time. Yes. Uh, you had suicide rate increasing, so it was too much to take all to at take one. On at one time, but on that note, I'm just we're going to listen to "Real Love" by Blanca. I'd like us to go more into that um, straight after the, uh, the, you know, this next uh, track that we're going to listen to is "Real Love" by Blanca. Mm-hmm. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me this afternoon with. Uh, We've got Paula Tennyson, a social psychologist and founder and director of Skillful Hands. Uh, They are based in uh, Plumstead. And uh, thank you for joining me this afternoon, uh, Paula. Uh, We're talking about uh, the survivor's guilt. And we just Mm -hmm. want to, yes, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I just wanted to also um, explain a little bit what's the difference between this guilt and the normal guilt that you might feel when you, you've made a wrong choice, for instance. Yes. This, kind, this type of guilt is not the, the usual, the everyday guilt you might feel. It comes uh, as a result of trauma, okay? Yes. And it's a very negative, unique thing. Um, because you would have not felt this intensity of guilt if this tragedy would have not happened. Yes. And the, and what you feel is, uh, why me? That's the main question. Why didn't I die like my friend, my spouse? We both had COVID. Um, I've heard people saying, for instance, um, you know, that uh, with the spouses and that... Uh, Somebody was telling me yesterday, actually, you know, um, at a at a shop, uh, they were saying that their friends, a couple, they um, she got COVID, he didn't, and he was the diabetic one. So, so what are the odds? Uh, he said I was the one with all the other illnesses. I was sleeping next to her. I was okay, never got COVID, and she got severely sick. So no explanation. It's like the virus decides who to pick. And we were talking about that loss of control. Here is a clear example, you know, um, that why my spouse got it. We were sleeping on the same bed. We had gone to the same places, and I didn't. And I was the one that was so sick. I should have gotten it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a trauma. And the trauma is the one that is causing you to feel guilty. Why did I make it? There was one, um, they were an elderly couple, and they said that they both got COVID. 
uh, they both went to the hospital. In the alley, uh, the nurses were uh, moving them to different rooms. So in the in the passage of the hospital, they saw one another as they were being pushed by the nurses. So they could see one another for a few seconds. And he said to her, this is it, I'm going to Jesus now. Sure. And she said that she heard those words, but it didn't make sense, mm. you know. Two days later, he was gone, but she made it. She recovered. She's at home now, and she said to me, I'm, I'm still dealing with the fact that he left, and I'm here. So that's a guilt that the person feels, and it's a very strong emotion that overwhelms the person to the point of sometimes anxiety and even depression. Absolutely, you know, and this is exactly, and, and it, you know, as as it's going on, it's affecting every family now, you know, every person, every person has been affected in it some way or the other, you know, mm-hmm. um, children are uh, going to school and they've lost a mom, uh, you know, I've just spoken to a family now where uh, both the granny and the grandfather died within a week from each other, you know, and uh, the family had some unresolved issues in the family that they mm-hmm. never even because they didn't even couldn't even visit in this time to be able to deal with this stuff, you know. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and you're talking about the work situation as well, you know. To uh, you know, w- one of my tenants as well, she just suddenly hasn't got a job, and uh, mm-hmm. she has to give up her flat. And, you know, so I'm just saying, how do we, um, you know, how do we believe in this time and how do we raise ourselves up and how do we, how do we adjust and, and shift our mindsets uh, without mm-hmm. becoming detached and uh, desensitized by the actual yeah. truth of the matter? You see, um, we as humans uh, have this amazing um, feeling of of keeping ourselves alive, okay? So we will protect ourselves. And for that, we we use different mechanisms of defense, like people go through what is called denial, okay? Others is avoidance. And what does it mean? Like, they won't watch the news. Um, even this topic for some people is like, ah, not COVID-19 again, you know? Yes. So they they sort of, in their way of trying to protect their emotions, they're not dealing with emotions. And I always say this, in the end, it will give you the, the, the receipt. If you don't deal with it, it's going to come out somewhere else. So how, first of all, how do you identify if you are experiencing survival guilt. One of the key symptoms uh, is uh, rumination, which means that you think about this issue constantly on a regular basis. Every time you um, um, start thinking about what you're thinking, you realize you're thinking about what happened, okay? So that's one of the things. Your mind is occupied with the topic all the time. That could be one symptom. The second one could be a physical manifestation of what of what your emotions are feeling. Even if you don't want to be in touch with your emotions, your body is going to start talking. 
Yeah. And it's going to uh, start sending you signs that you are suffering of the survivor's guilt. So, like, for instance, um, you you can have changes in your appetite. You either eat too much or too little or no eat at all. The same with the sleep pattern, headaches, stomach aches, pains in your body. Okay? So, in that way, your body is letting you know. You might even feel ashamed. Hopefully, nobody will know that you survive because you feel ashamed of being one of the survivors. So if you see this is what you are experiencing one of these symptoms, the very first thing to start overcoming this is to be honest with yourself. Not to try to be superwoman or superman or to try to um, show that you're doing okay and that everything is fine. No, be honest with yourself. That's the first thing. To say to yourself, I am experiencing this. It's awful. Um, I really don't know how to handle it. And that's the very first step towards recovering emotionally and mentally with whatever you are feeling right now. So to say to yourself, yes, I am feeling guilty. Um, I don't know why I made it through. I, I don't know how to appreciate the gift that I have been granted because I wasn't prepared for it, for instance. So that, be honest with yourself and you can tell yourself those things because only then you're going to start having clarity of mind and you're going to be able to start working on what you're feeling to, in the end, overcome uh, this trauma that you experienced. Wow, that is, you know, that is so true because I've just spoken to a husband as well and his wife, a very young uh, family, uh, passed away within two days, and he felt, he's got so much regret. He he also landed up in hospital, very sick. He was also yeah. t- turning at death, um, and he just says, "I wish I had done something." And he's ashamed. He said, "I am so shameful." I says, "Why didn't I realize how sick she was?" And even though he did keep on telling her to go, he says, "I should have physically taken her and just taken her to the hospital. Maybe they could have saved her." And, uh, oh. you know, so the shame that comes with it. He says he is so down, he can't, he can't, uh, he can't look at his children in the eyes. And yeah. um, this is a very, very serious um, aspect of, uh, uh, of families that are going through this right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In cases like, for, for instance, that one, the person needs a counselor and a psychologist. Yes. Because yes. you need that external person to help you put things into perspective. Yes, yes. Because yes. here is like the first thing that we need to understand is that we are not in charge of people's lives. We, don't, we do not determine how long or how short a person lives. Yes. Life and death are not in our hands. Because we could have done everything right. We could have taken the person before... Yes. Could have had the machine on time, but it didn't make it. Or another one who just pulled through, like my sister. She should have gotten the machine. She should have gotten a bed. She never did. She recovered at home. Why? You know, um, we don't have the answer for that. All I can can say for me, what comforts me is to know that if God decided to leave her behind, it's because there is a purpose. Amen. Amen. You know, and Amen. all I can do is to help her find that purpose. Yes. 
she realizes that God granted her a second chance, mm-hmm. and she could really look how she was um, living her life until COVID. Amen. It was like a wake-up call, you know? So the other thing is not to be so hard on yourself Mm. because you are taking a responsibility on you that is not yours. You don't determine when a person goes or when a person, for how long a person stays in this earth. It's completely out of your hands. Not even the doctors can determine that. They can do everything they can but they don't have a say of now you stay or now you go, okay? So that's the first thing. Yes. And so self-compassion, it's very important to go mm-hmm. to a counselor and a therapist. There is nothing wrong to, to talk about how you feel. You know, there is not going to be judgment or condemnation. Yes. Absolutely nothing. Just to be able to air what you feel. And um, you can even start a journal, for instance where you can um, write down how you feel and take it one day at a time. Yes. Don't try to push too hard too soon. It's a process and allow yourself to go through that process. Yes. Yes, Paula, you know, we're going to just take, we're just going to listen to Don Moon with great things. And, uh, you know, I would like us just to tie up at the end, uh, the next session, just on how the way forward with these little tips that you could possibly give us. Mm-hmm. So we'll just recap mm-hmm. on that because I think it's very important of what do we do in the midst of it. Thank you yeah. so much, Paula. We'll chat after mm-hmm. great things with Don Moon. Good afternoon. And we have Paula Tennyson on our program this afternoon. And time has caught up. I can't believe it. Uh, we've got a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Sorry, Paula. Um, yo, this is such an, it's such an intense uh, topic, actually. Um, can, you, can you maybe just give us uh, your services? And, you know, because I think a lot of people need to go and see somebody, uh, especially in this, uh, you know, for, these, for this exact reason. Um, how yeah. can they contact you and, and your um, organization? Well, they can go to our webpage because we do offer counseling services. Yes. Um, and our webpage is uh, www.skillfulhandsnpl.co.za. So there is our numbers and our um, e- email addresses where they can contact us. Um, they can even find you, I guess, and then yes. you can direct them to us. But yes. I'll repeat our webpage is www.skillfulhandsnpo.co.za. And just to also to wrap up what we were talking, it will be um, also you can get involved in helping others. That's another way of dealing with your guilt. Uh, If you're experiencing that, you know, um, get involved in helping other people. Um, you know, just take a parcel of food, uh, be there um, to comfort, even monetary gifts sometimes, you know, can help somebody who has lost a husband and became a widow overnight. You know, it will help you as well um, to to overcome the, the feeling. But I strongly recommend you also talk to a psychologist or a counselor. So. Yes. Please phone us. We are there for you. Yes. Um, we see you now, and we do care. 
Yes, yes. That is wonderful to know that there is a place to go to and people that you can trust and that will will navigate us through this time. And, you know, you can also, if you want to know more, uh, anything else about the program or to need to contact us, we are on WhatsApp 81 We've got an SMS number, 37988. Our Telegram number is the same as our WhatsApp number, 081 one six five seven. So, if anything that you need to uh, need assistance with, uh, and we can, as I said, we can direct um, help to you. Uh, please feel free to to contact us. As I said, I think we've just opened up a can of worms, hey, Paolo, with actually dealing with the other side effect of um, surviving and not actually dying. You know, so. Um, but I would like to speak to you uh, later on. Uh, you know, s- uh, sometime soon about the whole uh, demographics of how to navigate ourselves through this. So I'll definitely be in contact with you. And thank you so much for your input. And thank you so much for inviting me. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the program. It's always insightful and uh, helpful when you come on and uh, give us some uh, valuable, valuable information of how to get through things. But uh, listeners, look after yourself, take care, uh, look, be kind to yourself, and just know that God is in control. Uh, we all have been through unprecedented times throughout the generations, but he hasn't changed throughout the generations. So this is what we're dealing with right now, as Noah had to deal with the the ark and with the um, floods. Uh, this is our, our uh, task that we have to deal with. But in this, God is the only one that hasn't changed. So just... Look to him, trust him, and believe in him And as we go through this week. So take care, look after yourself, and we'll see you next week, same time. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.